How can socially conscious people like us, how can we fix our broken financial system to redirect the wealth and power of big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich to the average American citizen without using politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and how it relates to crowd investing. So uh, I've been reading uh, different uh, people's opinions on why the collapse happened. And a lot of people are talking that it was greed. I have a different opinion. I think it's more incompetence. So let's let's first uh, talk about what uh, we know as facts. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank caters mainly to uh, the tech companies in Silicon Valley. And during the pandemic, uh, a lot of these tech companies uh, gained uh, a lot of profit and were very successful during this time. And they put their money into Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, there was so much money that was being put into Silicon Valley Bank uh, it reached up to a hundred billion dollars in deposits from their account holders. So uh, the president of Silicon Valley Bank, a flush with with all this cash, uh, he wanted to uh, put it somewhere and, and invest and uh, ha- you know uh, increase the profits for his his bank which is fine. It's a for-profit bank. That's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. Okay. But what he did do was put it into long-term bonds. Um, and uh, a long-term bond, essentially you're, you're saying, okay, and these were, were U.S. government bonds. So he, he's thinking, okay, these are secure long-term bonds. Definitely not greedy if you looked at the interest rates on, on these bonds. Um, uh, and so he he put the money into these long-term bonds and you're basically saying that interest rates aren't going to go up uh, because if interest rates do rise and you purchase these bonds at, at a lower interest rate, uh, then the bonds are, are worth less. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so this alone didn't cause Silicon Valley Bank to uh, collapse. Uh, what happened was because it relied heavily on a clientele of tech investor or not just tech investors but just tech companies in general and now all, all of a sudden the these the tech industry isn't as doing uh as good as it was during the pandemic and in fact a lot of these companies are are on a decline uh so they they are taking money out of the silicon valley bank uh, what happened was, is that in order to cover the withdrawals, they had to sell some of these bonds. Uh, and unfortunately, they weren't worth the same as what they were, as what they bought them for. And they posted, uh, you know, $1.3 billion loss, $1.8 billion, something like that. And so that scared a lot of people. And they, they heard the news that, oh my gosh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank had to sell these bonds 
at a discount just to cover people's withdrawals. And this led up to a run on the bank. It led up and people started depositing or withdrawing money like crazy. And um, of course, that's when the FDIC had to take over and the bank collapsed. So um, this was the this is the problem as the way I see it. Uh, the uh, president of SVB Bank, he didn't really think through his decision of purchasing all these long-term bonds. Um, and you, you know you're really making a bet that yeah, interest rates not only were would go uh, would not go up, but maybe even go down, which is, is crazy to think about because this was during the time when the interest rates were some of the lowest they've ever been, ever. Uh, so A, to me, that seems like it's an incompetent decision. All right, that's that's number one, not, not greed. Uh, yes, that's his job is to invest, you know, these billions of dollars that, that, that they have. But, um, and so I, I don't see that as a, as a greedy decision, just one that just really wasn't well thought out. Um, that's That was the first problem. Uh, the second problem is more of a systemic problem. Uh, the reason why I am so passionate about crowd investing. You see, uh, people are putting their, their money into uh, a bank and the bank now has control over that money and they they have the right to invest it as they see fit. Um, now and and it, it falls down to really it, it turned out it was just this one guy uh, who made the decision. With crowd investing and more specifically crowd lending, this is dispersed uh, between thousands of people. Thousands of people now are making independent decisions on who gets money who 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 we're lending to um not just one person so it it diversifies uh where the money goes it's not all going into one place um and so it's a a, a totally different perspective on on how to use your money instead of putting it into a bank and allowing just one guy to make the decision of where you know, all this money's going or, or even dispersing it a little bit, even if this one person says it's diversified or, or tries to make it diversified, it's still just one person. Uh, there's something called the wisdom of crowds. And it, it essentially says that uh, when crowds have a diversified uh, opinion, uh, that they're, uh, they're decentralized, um, they're independent and that they're aggregated, meaning that you can kind of, um, uh, collect the data from, from all the, the, the different, uh, members of the crowd, then you, the crowd will make better decisions than experts. Now, uh, a very famous study was, uh, th this one, uh, you know, guessing the weight of an ox. Uh, there was this guy a uh, hundred years ago. He thought that uh, crowds uh, would, um, he was an uh, early economist, and he thought that crowds were foolish and that the experts were the ones that knew how to make uh, good decisions. And so 
um, he collected the, the data on uh, people guessing the weight of this ox at a state fair. And, and so what happened was, you know, you had some people who were experts, maybe butchers and things like that. They were, you know, guessing their weight, but you had just, you know, random other people, you know, uh, bankers and, um, you know, farm workers and bakers and, uh, just random other people, uh, guessing the weight of this ox. And, and so, uh, they collected 900, uh, guesses. And the, uh, this economist looked at the, the butchers and, and the ones and, and the experts and saw that their guess was way off compared to the, the mean of the crowd. So uh, uh, meaning the, 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 the middle guess, if you averaged all the guesses into one, it, was, it found out it was just a, a percent or two from the actual weight of the ox. Now this this experiment has been replicated over and over again, and actually has been used in economic markets to uh, correctly predict outcomes using this wisdom of crowds. So we have a system right now, a banking system that relies on banking leaders and presidents to uh, dictate where all this money goes to, and um, the 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 power of crowds, the wisdom of crowds. And why I'm another reason why I'm so passionate about crowd investing and how it can fix our broken financial system is because it uses this power of the wisdom of crowds uh, to make better decisions than the experts and to diversify things. And, and really, it, 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 it takes away the power from this one decision maker and puts it back onto us. And instead of thousands of crowd lenders that we have today, I, I would love to see millions of crowd lenders tomorrow. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too.